Hello, I'm Leanne Townsend, a family law lawyer and partner at Brody Thorning LLP. Welcome to Divorcing Well. Welcome to Divorcing Well. I'm really excited about this week's topic because it's a happy topic and an inspiring topic, which you know can often be difficult to find uh, when someone is in the challenges of divorce. So this week, I'm welcoming onto the podcast uh, a couple, uh, Nikki Bartel- Bartello, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and Ben Heldfund. Um, and they've written a book called Our Happy Divorce, which is a great book. I've read it and they have a, a wonderful page on Instagram and there's lots more they can tell you about. But I'm really excited to be sharing their story because so many people I come across in the throes of divorce, because it is such a challenging, miserable experience, they can't imagine that it could be done in a positive way and you know, that you could come out of it happy and moving forward in your life and having a good relationship with your former partner. So I'm really thrilled to have these guys on and welcome to the podcast, uh, Nikki and Ben. Thank you. Thank you for for having having us. us. Well, thanks for being here. Now you're down in Tampa, right? We are. We are. Which is where I wish I was because here in Toronto, um, it's cold and uh it's uh, gray and not a very nice day so uh i definitely would rather be where you guys are um why don't you start by just telling uh my listeners a little bit about yourselves and your story um whoever wants to go first well yeah i mean i think the one thing uh that you brought up in your opening uh you know the divorce is a tough uh, uh traumatic uh you know it, and it sucks <laughs> and, and even in, in our experience uh you know the process uh and the pain uh i think is unavoidable uh when it comes to divorce uh but the suffering part uh to have it haunt you the rest of your life isn't and, and that's what nikki and i uh were able to do um through our divorce yes we had to go through the tough uh feelings and emotions and and, and the financial decisions and the decision about our son but you know because uh you know, we took certain steps in the beginning and, and through the process is uh, 14 years later. Uh, I was just going to say, it's been almost 14 years. It's been 14 wow. years that, that we have uh, a life and a friendship. Uh, and, we haven't killed each other. Yet. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it's beyond what we could have ever imagined uh, when we first got divorced. I mean, and don't be fooled. There wasn't some little like switch that we turned on and all of a sudden one day we were like, oh, this is great. We actually like each other again. It took a lot of work. It did take a lot of work. And, and and that's the thing that, you know, yes, it is called our happy divorce. And yes, we have a, you know, modern blend. our happy road. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, it, but, but it is and was and continues to be a process um, uh, of not perfection, but progress. Right. Now, how long were you guys married? About seven years. Yeah, right around that seven-year itch, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And you mentioned you have a son. So you have, and how old is your son? He's 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, And you guys, you just have the one child together? Yes. Yes. But But then I get like, I have two adopted children now from... Ben's second marriage, which is kind of nice, and I get to give them back, spoil them, give them back. Right, she's oh, like that's the, interesting. She's like the in, in, instead of the benevolent aunt, she's the benevolent ex-wife. But uh, <laughs> you, you know, but that you know, if if you were to ask her, she would claim my kids. So yes, I, we have three kids, three kids, <laughs> one biological, and then two that Nikki's just adopted. 
Okay. And so that's something we can get into as mm-hmm. well. It's interesting because if, you know, Ben, you've remarried. I don't know, Nikki, if you've, um, if you are in a, if you've remarried, remarried or, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a, another dynamic. So I'll, um, maybe in a little bit of which yep. we can touch upon that. Cause I think that that, I, I know in my experience uh, as a, an attorney, that's often when my clients start having issues is when there's like a new partner by somebody who's putting their two cents into what's going on. Um, But first, why don't don't you start by telling us about what inspired you guys to write your book, Our Happy Divorce? I think for me, Ben made me do it. No, I'm kidding. But kind of he did. I I think- Two years I had to convince her. We were, we would always just, you know, post our life on Instagram as everybody does. And there would always be pictures of us together when everybody, you know, post-divorce, there would be pictures of our family together and people would always like, you know, ask us on the side, how do you guys do that? Is this real? Are you guys just pretending? Do you guys really like each other? So Ben started pressuring me a little bit just because I'm a little more reserved when it comes to talking about my life in public. And Ben kind of just said, you know what? we could do this and we'd be able to help so many people. So why don't we try? Yeah. And, and I think that was the, uh, again, when we set out on this path of, of trying to find a different way for our divorce and for our son's, uh, ha- you know, uh, happiness, quite frankly, never in a million years would we even imagined the life we have today, but yet much less writing a book. But it was one of those things where I believe a lot in the shared human experience and, and in my own life, um, nothing's motivated me to change more than to sit across and talk to somebody who has that shared experience. Um, and, and so, you know, our story is just our story. Uh, we, we're not telling people what to do. We're not lawyers. We're not therapists. We're not coaches. But somehow we figured this thing out. So and if we could figure it out with our personalities, yeah, everybody else can too. <laughs> Well, no, and I agree, like shared experiences um, are, you know, so important. And that's, you know, people who are often feeling hopeless or, you know, that they're going through a really challenging time when they hear about someone's story who was there and, and knows firsthand what it's like and came out of it, you know, in a positive way, it, it can often give someone the hope and inspiration they need to just keep going. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, you know, uh, uh, when you... when when somebody says, and we've gotten this, uh, you know, reaction to the book is such a great experience. I wish I could have that, but my partner, but you know, he or she, uh, you know, and and that to us, uh, you know, is sort of a red flag or, you know, sort of an unwillingness to maybe take a look. One of the things that Nikki and I did, uh, was we at least agreed that, that it took two to make our relationship and it took two to ruin it. Um, uh, and, and so, I think what we did in the beginning to, to build the foundation of, of what we have today is we took accountability um, and, and, and we were just focused solely on our side of the street uh, and not pointing the finger. Because I think when we left the house, we were both pointing the finger at each other that it was their, the other one's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, we, and I we, think most relationships do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Fault. It's never your fault. Right. No. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, we try to get in the book is that what I think everybody going through a divorce sort of has that we talk about that shared experience, but has those shared feelings, right? Of, of you know, I call it the romance of finance buttons, right? And, 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 you know, they're being pushed harder than probably any other experience in life with a divorce. So everybody sort of goes through the same 
experiences, feels the same way. Um, and, and our story is we are two class A personality. You know, if, if we were Rams, we would be butting heads, you know, constantly. And somehow, you know, we were able to figure it out. So, yes, there are some exceptions that we, you know, obviously aren't qualified to talk about. And that's the physical abuse or the sexual abuse or other things. But for the most part, you know, if, if we can do this, like Nikki said, then then we are pretty convinced that uh, every anybody can if they're willing to, you know, put aside their ego. Now, can I ask what was the cause of your you know, marriage coming to an end? Um, we don't, and this isn't done, you know, look, it, it wasn't anything, you know, earth shattering. It wasn't anything. Uh, it, it was a typical end to a marriage, uh, uh, that, that, the the, what happened isn't, it was just a symptom. Um, you know, uh, and, and the problem was, you know, that we, uh, had stopped being, we were unhappy people. Right. And, and I think unhappy people make unhappy marriages. And, and so, um, it wasn't anything. It was all Ben's fault. It was just it, <laughs> right. It, it wasn't. It, it wasn't one single thing. It was just a. It, it was a culmination of a bunch of things. Um, right. And we it, turned into very unhappy people that were even more unhappy with each other. Right. Than and, we were with ourselves. Right. And, and so, you know, in the book, it, it, we we purposely didn't go into a lot of the details of the marriage because what we were able to do, and I think one of the we talk about the foundation of, of our life today is we were able to put the past in the past. Right. And we didn't make decisions because we did some work on ourselves. We didn't make decisions, uh, you know, through this divorce process based on who did what or who didn't do what. Um, right. And, and we, so we were able to move forward and not sort of get stuck. I think a lot of times people get stuck in the past, uh, and, you know, and make decisions off of resentment and, and what the other, what, what the perceived uh, you know, uh, uh, wrongdoings of the other person. Right. Now, what would you say are the key components to a happy divorce? I mean, it sounds like accountability or ownership is maybe one of them from what you're saying. Um, but what are some of the other key components? I think one of the things for me was, you know, having to deal with my own ego, you know, especially when it came to moving forward in the relationship and when it came to, you know, Ben starting to date, you know, not that, not that I wanted him back, but you still, didn't? no, <laughs> but still all this have, time I, mean, I thought for, for, I mean, all moms that are listening to this understand what it feels like when somebody else is trying to put is, is putting your child to bed or yeah. someone else is in your child's life when, you know, you think it should be you a hundred percent of the time. There were a lot of things that as a woman and as a mom that I had to kind of go, okay, take a deep breath because he's not going to endanger my child. Like my right. child is, you know, the only thing that matters is that my child continuously is happy. So as long as somebody's there, that's going to help take care of him and love him. I had to go, okay, it's time. Like I have to step back and go, yeah, let it go. Let it go as hard as it was. I mean, that is, that for me was one of the hardest things I had to deal with. And, and I think the other key component, um, is, you know, accountabilities, uh, number one, uh, for me, but also, you know, one B would be forgiveness. Um, and, right. and, and one of the things, uh, that Nikki and I were able to do, I think, uh, before we went through the divorce process, uh, is, you know, sort of go through our own healing and our own sort of self-work, uh, to, 
forgive ourselves first because um, there's a lot of shame, uh, at least that I felt. And anyway, I, we have to make it known that we like tried to make this work at first and then we had to take a few steps back and go, OK, we're not ready. We're not there yet. Right. Uh, right. But so and then the other part of it was, uh, you know, uh, apologizing to each other. Uh, and, and we sat down at a coffee shop and really mean it. Right. Sometimes you try to apologize too early and it's like, eh. and it was the first time and kind of we joke in the only time, but it wasn't, uh, I'm sorry, but right. There wasn't a, but that followed it or I'm sorry, but if only you hadn't done this, it was taking accountability, uh, and, and forgiving, uh, and saying, I'm sorry and accepting the other person's apology. Now that, uh, didn't all of a sudden turn after we'd done that into this, you know, our, you know, land of unicorns and rainbow waterfalls that we have today. But it was in a way, like I said, to put the past in the past as much as possible so we could move forward. The other thing uh, I'll say is a key component, uh, and it goes under the accountability um, uh, component, is accountability uh, to your kids. Uh, in our case, our son um, is he didn't pick the restaurant. He didn't order the wine. He didn't order the food. He had no choice in any of the, uh, you know, thing. Uh, but sometimes the kids get stuck with the emotional bill for them to pay. Uh, and we didn't want to have that for our son. Now, uh, you know, you, uh, you hear a lot what's best for, you know, your, your kids, but if you're not, at least for us, if we hadn't cleaned up our you can sort, say that all you want, but right. if you're not living it, it doesn't make a difference, right? And, yeah, and, and or if you're sort of clouded by the resentment or the romance of finance problems, is is you could the mind can play tricks and the ego can play tricks on rationale, right? Uh, and, and you could think that you're doing what's best for your kids, but really, you know what's uh, doing best for yourself. And what Nikki and I sort of came up with was, and this is sort of I guess in hindsight, it wasn't really our our, our marching orders, but you know, in a divorce, when there's a decision to be made and, and there were three of us, um, you know, and you have the simple math equation of two plus two equals four. There are some decisions that you could ask Nikki what it would be. You could ask me and you could ask Asher. And there are probably three different answers uh, to that equation. But when it came time to for four, the answer equal and four for Asher, that's what we went with. Um, so I think the accountability uh, for your own actions, but also your own actions that you decided to have bring this child or these kids into this world um, and, and, and speak spoken from somebody who went through a high conflict divorce with their parents. Um, it is a traumatic, terrible place to be. Um, and, and we didn't want that uh, for our son. So that's, you know, that, that's sort of the, uh, the whole foundation of it. No. And that's so true. I mean, putting truly putting kids first, you know, a lot of people talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And so, you know, that's so important. Um, I also just want to loop back that Nikki brought up a really, I think, important um, point that, you know, I see happening a lot um, when she mentioned, you know, when you started dating and, and there's a new woman in the picture and a lot of women, a lot of moms have difficulty um, accepting that. And, you know, when I have clients, for example, that are in that situation, one of the things I'm always saying is, you know, it's an extra person to love your child. You yeah. know, that's, that's how you, and it sounds like, you know, that was kind of Nikki's mindset, but um, it is something that a lot of people struggle with. And Nikki, I'm wondering if you have any like specific advice as to how you were able to, you know, switch the mindset a little bit and not look at them as somebody trying to replace you or step on your toes or 
you know, anything like that and actually just be a positive addition to your son's life. Well, honestly, I think that um, I tell the story often about this situation and I think it was my son. I think he sort of was the reason that I said, you know what? Cut it out. Like one night he was at his dad's house. I, what, what do we say? He was like four or five. Yeah. And I always called and said goodnight to him every night. And I'm on the phone with him. And he says to me, hey, mommy, do you know Nadia? And I said, no, because I hadn't met her yet. And he said, well, here, I think you should talk to her. And hands, hands, <laughs> hands oh, wow. Nadia the phone. And so, you know what? That I think was my wake up call that I was like, you know what? Here's this little boy that's like, mom, I have this other woman in my life. She's okay. Like, it's yeah. time for you two to know each other. Now, do you think that um, co-parents should have communication surrounding that? Like, do you think that Ben should have, um, you know, said to you, I am, I'm seeing something. I did know she did. was there. Oh, yes, yeah, I did. knew yeah. she was around. Yeah. yeah. So it, okay. that part of it wasn't a shock. The part of it that was a shock that was my son was like, hey, what's up? Like, how come you don't know this girl? And, and, right. and if, if, if I can just go back before that and talk about the communication, um, you know, Nikki had asked me, you know, she knew that I was. I asked him. I kind of told him. Right. Well, well uh, I'm going to stick with ass. Uh, but but uh, it is, um, you know, she knew that I was, you know, going to be this typical. Sowing his oats. You know, uh, you know, single man, you know, just got divorced and just, you know, sort of. Mercedes, date, Diamond, whatever uh, their names <laughs> might be. Exactly. And she had said, you know, I just it, it, uh, please don't bring anybody around our son until. You're serious. He's saying it a little nicer, I think. No, you were pretty good. <laughs> For you, you that, that you were pretty good. But, uh, you know, this is another example of that two plus two thing. It is, and my first reaction was, who are you to tell me who I can and can't bring around my son? Yeah. Right. Um, and that's, you know, t going off my equation, my answer. But you know what? What I've learned to do through this whole process is not just react because my first reaction is usually based off of ego. Uh, and then I thought for a sec and you know what? She was right. What's best for Asher is for me not to have this revolving door of like Nikki says, Mercedes diamond, you know, and whomever who I've just been seeing for a couple of weeks or not serious or whatever. So she was right. So, yeah. you know, talk about the little swallowing of the pride and ego uh, to tell her that she's right. So I made that commitment to her. So, you know, this conversation that she had with, with Nadia, Nikki knew, uh, the first time that, you know, Asher met Nadia, I, I kept her informed. You know, I, I told her that, you know, she was spending more time uh, with, with, with Asher. Um, so, yes, there was a lot of communication around who Ben was dating. <laughs> um, and, 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 and so it wasn't like Nikki didn't know who Nadia was or that, you know, she had been around my son, our son. Um, so it, it was almost like Asher was giving me the green light to be it, okay with it. It's, yeah. yeah. He, he was saying it's time, you know, like, it's okay, mom. Like I, like I got you. I love you. You are my mom, but it's okay. Cause he was yeah. fishing around. Like he would ask Nadia, have you met my mom yet? Yeah. You know, have you, yeah. uh, you know, and, and I think he was talking to not Nikki saying, have you met Nadia yet? And, and Nikki would say, no, I know who she is. And, uh, and it was his time to say, okay, you know, 
it's sometimes the kids become the adults. Uh, yeah. I think even, even <laughs> you know, at four or five years old, he was like, okay, this is ridiculous, yeah. people. He's like, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have to commend both of you, too, because it takes a tremendous level of maturity, I think, and self-awareness to be able to look at that situation the way that you did, um, you know, just to be able to focus on your son and, and again, not let your ego, you know, oh, what is she, you know, telling me what to do? That's not her business. And, and, and you know, all of that sort of thing, because that's unfortunately, you know, what I see a lot of people doing. So um, I commend both of you for that. Um, and it's obviously it's in your child's best interest to do it that way. Um, but you know, a lot of people I know have a lot of difficulty with that. Um, one of the things you touched on earlier as well, um, Ben, was you, you, you made the comment that sometimes or a common response that people have when they hear about your book and our happy divorce is, well, you know, that's nice. I wish I could do that, but I, you know, I couldn't because of my partner. And so I'm just wondering, I know you mentioned situations where there's abuse and whatnot. Um, obviously, it's not possible. Um, but I'm wondering in a situation where one person, you know, is maybe more self-aware and has done more healing and work on themselves, but the other party is still stuck in that blaming and anger sort of mindset, can the, the person who's moved on still have the happy divorce with someone who isn't, um, you know, hasn't sort of grown along with them that way. Yeah, I, I absolutely, I mean, I think when we talk about our happy divorce now, obviously it's the name of our book and, and, but, uh, it doesn't, you know, I guess there's a spectrum of it, right. That, and it, it, I guess if you were to ask me and I think Nikki would agree, you know, our happy divorce would be defined as, uh, you were able to get through it without handing your kids the emotional bill uh, uh, for them to pay for your choices. Uh, you know, so that might mean that you don't go on vacations like Nikki and I and our families do or have family dinners or, or live five houses down from each other. But when you're at your son's uh, or daughter's uh, baseball school, baseball game, school. Th there's not that tension. There's not that, you know, uh, like his kids can feel that. Right. Uh, so, yeah. so, uh, now when the other partners, uh, you know, not there, I think, or, or not quite there, I believe that, that, that there can be a tone set. And again, not a therapist, not a lawyer, not a, a coach tone set from, from yourself, from yourself. Um, you know, uh, the, the emotional game of catch, right. That happens so much. It happens with Nikki and I some, sometimes today, right? not sometimes, many times, but, uh, you know, where we're throwing, you know, uh, fighting, you know, back and forth and throwing that, you know, ball back and forth. Someone can make the decision not to throw the ball back. Um, and I think that that can set a tone. Sometimes it only takes, yeah, it takes one of you just to just stop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you know, for me, uh, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm the one, but, but Nikki started dating her husband now. Um, and, you know, I think like a, a year after we got divorced, but I had known him and Nikki had known him before. Um, and, and so that, you know, for a man, you had mentioned how hard it is for a woman. It's just as hard for a man, uh, to, 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 uh, you know, uh, have your ex, uh, with another guy and your, your son around another guy. Um, uh, and much less that I knew him. 
Uh, right. And I could have convinced myself when we're talking about ego about why this guy was a jerk or why this guy wasn't best for Asher or whatever. But again, I, you know, I, I, I just, uh, took a look at it from who he was. He's a great guy. My son loved him. Um, you know, Nikki loved him, made her happy, which You're is like in, talking in past tense. Well, <laughs> he still is. Well, I'm talking about when he right. He's still a great guy, uh, but uh, he's even a better guy. But, um, you know, one of the things that is I didn't blow it up because my ego was hurt. So I, I think he that's just thinks he's a better guy because he has to deal with me now. Well, yeah, he's a better guy because he took you. But um <laughs> You know, I think that that's an example of setting the tone. So maybe that when when Nikki and Nadia met, you know, she had seen what that sort of uh, resulted in, right? As far as you know, bettering our relationship. So, look, I just think that the tone can be set um, even without the other person on board. And I, and I'll tell you, when when I called Nikki after I'd done this work on myself uh, to make amends to her, the amends wasn't done. Um, so we could have this happy marriage, you know, an easier marriage and a happier divorce. Uh, it was done just to clean up my side of the street. It right. wasn't intentional. It wasn't for any outcome except for, I just wanted to, you know, uh, clean up my side of the street. I knew that at, I'd come to the understanding. I couldn't clean Nikki's side of the street. I tried, you know, for seven, eight years, probably longer since we've been dating and it just wasn't a possible task. So what I needed to do was focus very on very dirty, very dirty, uh, uh, you know, still is, but we, well, again, I'm, you know, I've learned to focus on, you know, my side of the street. Um, and so that's the thing that I think, uh, even if the, even if Nikki hadn't come along or not come along, but you know, hadn't apologized back to me or told me to go screw off and walked out of the coffee shop. I think that I would have been in a better spot regardless, uh, to move forward, um, you know, with the divorce process. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a long, uh, like that always. Little pause was important. It was an important step for both of us where we thought we should sit down and talk. And then we realized, oh, yeah, we're definitely not ready for this. And we had to both go back and just say, you know what? Let us deal with ourselves first. Right. And that makes sense. Yeah. Then we I mean, then let's try to deal with each other. In our experience, uh, if I could, you know, sort of snap my fingers and, and change the divorce world. Um, I think that, you know, I would make, uh, therapy and coaching mandatory before the process, 100%. before the process of, you know, you're going to need lawyers, you're going to need, you know, the legal advice, because you know, I, I say this and, and it sounds apathetic and believe me, it's meant, uh, to sound apathetic, but divorce is just a business deal. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and the problem is, you know, if you ask any, a person who's had a bad business deal, whether it's selling a house, selling a business that went wrong, the answer usually is they let emotions get involved in that, right? right. But and, and divorce is one of the biggest business decisions you will, you know, probably everybody will make in their lives because yeah. it's dealing with your biggest assets. But the other thing is dealing with the biggest emotions, right? And, and uh, so, so what Nikki and I did to the best of our ability before we started the, you know, the the business deal and and the custody thing is we tried to take the emotional part out of it as much as possible. No. And I mean, and that's as a lawyer, that's exactly what I tell my clients that it's a business deal and, you know, to try their best to remove the emotions, go take the emotions and deal, you know, work with a therapist, work with a coach, you know, through that part of it. But in terms of making decisions um, about the, you know, the financial issues in particular, it's hard, I think, to make decisions about your child 
without any emotion, but you have to, you know, focus on what's best for the child. Um, what, like, if, what is the biggest message that you would like to give to people out there who are right now in the throes of divorce? They're, you know, down, they're stressed. They feel like there's no, you know, end of, you know, no end in sight. Uh, what can you say? What would you say to them? I think that, the, you know, like uh, we started with is it sucks. It sucks. And you just can't, and you can't give up because just because it sucks for a while. Right. It's one of those things that uh, pain, I think divorce, you know, pain is mandatory, but the rest of your life suffering is optional. hundred percent. You know, and, and, you know, Nikki and I, uh, you know, when we first, we talked about this earlier, but when we first started, we just wanted to be cordial. We wanted to be in the same room together. Right. We wanted to be in the same room at, at our son's a baseball game and not have him have to come over and be like, oh, God, who do I have to talk to? Who do I have to, you know, uh, and, and it, like, like I, I go to mom first. Do I go to dad first? They're on opposite sides of the you what's know, the mom going to think if I go over to dad first. And so that's what we started with. Um, but but through the process, um, and this is where the suffering is optional part. Um, is it started to get better uh, and, and it started slowly to uh, turn into something that was authentic. I, I, I don't want to say, yeah, I mean, we, we faked it until we made it. Right. I mean, I think is we, we have, I mean, you have to. Right. Like the, that baseball game situation I was talking about. There's one that sticks out that we talk about in the book is Nikki had started dating Chad and it was the first time that he'd come to Asher's baseball game. Um, and I was coaching Asher's baseball game and, and after the game, the kids would go and, and go to their parents and I was cleaning up the dugout. Uh, and then I walked out and I saw Ch Asher run over to Chad and give him a big hug. Uh, and I'm walking over there going, Oh my God, like my stomach, mm -hmm. you know, just in knots and, and, and egos just being, you know, seeing my son hug this man who's dating my ex-wife and, I, yeah. I, I literally was talking to myself saying what's best for Asher, put on your big boy pants, guy smile. And, and it probably, I wish I could have a picture of that smile because it was probably the most forced fake smile, but I did it. <laughs> right. And the yeah. first thing I did was I went over and I gave Chad a hug uh, and, you know, and, and Asher saw it. And, and so that's the faking, it, right? Like that's the last yeah. thing I wanted right. you to do. You weren't quite ready to do it, but no. you did it. I didn't ways. want to do it. You know, I yeah. wanted to run but the you other knew direction. Somewhere it was the right thing. Something right. inside you knew it was the right thing to do. And so that's the, you know, the, the and, and that happened for a long time of uh, being around Chad and Nikki probably had to do it. Being around Nadia is just putting on your big boy pants, you know, taking that accountability and putting your kids first. And then somewhere along the line, we crossed, or I guess, or somewhere along the road, we passed this invisible line where it became real and it became authentic. And, you know, I, to the point where I can say that I'm not in love with Nikki, but I love her. And yeah. vice versa. You know, and vice versa. And, 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 and otherwise, I wouldn't have her, you know, my wife and I wouldn't put her and Chad, you know, as, uh, what do you call them, custodian or something happens to us that Nikki and Chad will take our kids. Um, and Sometimes so I want them to disappear. So just yeah, so right. I can have we shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, so, but that, so that's the thing is, is uh, it was, a, it was a progress. So if, so if you are new, uh, you know, and getting divorced and you're listening to this and you're like, these people are crazy. Like what, there's gotta be some poly stuff or some swing. I mean, like, no, it, 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 no, no, believe me, but, 
it never started this way. It never imagined. It was so far. We go on vacations together now. We eat dinner together. You know, Ben and I took our son. Was it last summer? Yep. Last summer to Africa, just the two of us and Asher. And our we invited our spouses and both of them declined. (laughs) (laughs) But it was one of those things that they're like, go, go for it. Asher, it'll be great for Asher, Asher and great you two will enjoy it. Yeah. And that's the thing uh, uh, about, um, you know, going through it new. Uh, I think you'll be amazed if you truly uh, can put your son first and swallow your pride and forgive. I mean, I think that is and truly forgive whatever, you know, you perceive the other person for, you know, for doing wrong. Uh, I think people will be amazed before they're halfway through. Uh, the the road of you know the divorce, post divorce road because I know we were mm-hmm. you know um, and, and the people that we brought in you know N- not Nikki uh, I'm sorry Nadia and, <laughs> and Chad those end names what an important role they play in it right and, and, and picking the right partner um, you know to sort of because Nikki and I had figured it out as a bicycle uh, or at least started to figure it out. And we, you know, could, you know, sort of get up and ride the bicycles a little wobbly, but eventually we learned to ride the bicycle. And then all of a sudden you add two more tires and it becomes a car. But just like the bicycle, all the tires need to work together. And we, you know, luckily picked the right partners um, who, you know, uh, make the car go pretty good. Mm-hmm. And do you have any advice for people out there who are, you know, have new partners and the new partner is, uh, you know, giving their two cents on a lot of things to do with, uh, you know, their, their, the child of, you know, yeah. And and that sort of thing. Like what, how have you guys managed that? And what advice do you have for people uh, who feel that maybe a new partner is being too meddlesome in that area? Mm. I mean, I think for us, I mean, for the way I, I kind of take it as, listen, Hey, I'll listen to you, but the decisions are ultimately made by the, by Ben and I like you could bring your ideas to me and, you know, we can talk about it and, we, you know, and, and I think too, we, we have different parenting styles between the two houses, a hundred percent. And that's and fine. You and I do, but right. we, but, but no, what that's they, what I'm saying yeah. like, and what we realized though, is we would have those different parenting styles. Even if we were married. Exactly. True. Yeah. So this whole co-parenting thing, like, my wife and I have different parenting styles and, and some of our you know arguments are about that. So co-parenting doesn't really necessarily exclusive to divorce. Parents. Right. Um, but I think one thing that Nikki and I did uh, with our spouses is we wanted them. You know, you talked about it earlier, uh, Leanne, about the bonus parent. You know, we wanted them involved in Asher's life. Uh, you right. know, not only as step parents, but as parents. Now, that's because not. We want him also to be able to respect them the way he respects us. So on the yeah. So on and the, I think as a team, we have to show that it's yeah. that it's we're united. So uh, like on big ticket items and and knock on wood, there haven't I mean seventeen now, but there have been a lot of them. Uh, but we've sat down with him, all four of us. Um, you know, and and had a talk. It's just not Nikki. It's not just me, or it's not just Nikki and I. It is all four of us. I mean, even going into the pandemic, the four of us sat down and said, listen, you know, we had to sit him down and say, this is what we expect from you. If we're if we're going to do X, Y and Z, I know you're a teenager, but you also have to do X, Y and Z like you have to follow right. along. And that's the beauty. Right. That's one of the uh, you know, there's many benefits uh, uh, and, and 
positives about our happy divorce uh, in our life, but the communication. Yes, we have different parenting styles, but it's also great because we get to throw ideas like Nadia and I will talk about things and we are totally different, have totally different parenting styles, but it's nice sometimes to have someone to throw something off of. Right. And and then but as far as the rules go, yes, there are different, you know, but they're basically the same. But rules, but the big ones, right, yeah. like, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is, are consistent at both houses. And, and, and yes, there's different, you know, and we also I mean, and obviously it's this day and age, we have a text chain that the parents are on with Asher. So when he wants to go somewhere or wants to do something or wants to see somebody, it goes no matter which house he's at, it goes on that chain. Right. So we all know where he's going. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I mean, I really have to commend you guys. You've certainly, you know, done this very, very well uh, and are an inspiration to people who are going through separation and divorce. How can listeners um, find you uh, if they'd like to, you know, learn more about yourselves and your book and where can they um, find your book? Uh, Amazon, um, uh, is one place, obviously anywhere books are sold. You know, one thing we're doing, uh, and have been doing from the beginning is like we talked about, it takes two to make this relationship. It takes two to ruin it or our marriage, but also our post, uh, d- divorce or post-marriage life. It took, t- takes two of us to make it and takes two of us to, uh, uh, to destroy it. So one of the things you said about the, you know, uh, if one cu- if couples on it or not, uh, and willing is anyways at, at mascot books, we do it. We have a two for one. Uh, so, so it, it, we really feel like it'd be benefit if both people were to read it for the inspiration and, and not just one of the, uh, the, 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 uh, married couple. So that's mascotbooks.com. Uh, it's our publisher or Amazon, uh, or anywhere books are sold. We're on social media, everything, uh, at our happy divorce and our happy divorce.com. Um, and, and if you can't, you know, you, you want a book, just uh, reach out to us on uh, our Happy Divorce social medias and we'll get you one. It's not, it, this isn't a, uh, you know. It's not a moneymaker. No, <laughs> it definitely is not. Definitely not. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on my podcast and sharing your story. Um, I think it's, you know, people are going to be so inspired when they hear this episode. So thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you very much for having us and, and willingness to let us share uh, our story with your listeners. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to my listeners. Please tune in each week. Please like, subscribe, refer the podcast to your friends and family. And I will see you here next week on Divorcing Well. Hi, my name is Janet Finaki, and I'm the host of the Resilient People podcast. I interview regular people from around the world who've experienced something major in their lives, bounced back, and found a purpose in helping others be resilient too. They're folks like you and me, and their stories are totally relatable, extraordinary, and inspiring. I had no idea what I could do until I did it. But it's the motivation of doing for other people that you know need support, need help, that you're able to really push and dig and find what you can do. Have an open discussion and not write us off and allow us to actually talk about our disability. Like, don't assume my limits Mm -hmm. for me. You know, we went for a drive, told her what her mom was going through and what the likely outcome is going to happen. And we both just bawled. And then finally, Kate just said that we need to have hope. And to be resilient, you have to you have to have hope. Join me as we get to know some incredibly resilient people. The Resilient People podcast is everywhere you get your podcasts. 
Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining me on Divorcing Well. If you have any separation or divorce questions, you can get in touch with me via my website at www.leannetownsend.ca.